Hi, this is Tom and Joanne Doyle on the Uncharted Ministries podcast, and Thanksgiving is this week. And Joanne, as we're looking around at what's happening in Israel and globally, the upheaval, the unrest, wow, what what are we thankful for? What, there, we know there's things that we're thankful mm. for, but what do, what do you say? Yeah, you may, may be asking yourself that same question, and maybe in your own personal life, you have many, many things to be thankful for, or maybe this is a season where things are difficult. Certainly, when we look at things globally, our hearts are breaking, especially mm. over the war that's happening in Israel. But we find our truth always in God's word. And so a verse that has been ringing in my heart recently is one that we're all familiar with from 1 Thessalonians chapter right. 5. And I love what Paul says. First of all, he starts in verse 16, rejoice always, always. Not can, you know, it's not conditional on our circumstances, right. but rejoice always. And he goes on to say, pray without ceasing. So even when there are struggles, our response, first of all, is to pray. And then he goes on to say, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will um, for you in Christ Jesus. But I love what he says there. We, you know, The more we look at scripture, the more we see things that are tiny and small. And he doesn't say rejoice for all your circumstances. He says rejoice in your circumstances. Mm -hmm. And how can we do that when we see such blatant evil in the world? And that is because we focus on the, the last part of that verse, in Christ Jesus, right. because he promises all throughout the pages of Scripture, specifically in Romans 8, that he will work all things together for good for those who love him. So as we're looking at maybe your own personal life circumstances, if you're a follower of Christ, rejoice in Christ Jesus. He will work in your circumstances to bring about his perfect will. And as for the worldwide events, as, as horrible as this is, we can trust our faithful God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will bring good out of all the evil that is happening. Um, and that's partly of what we want to talk about today, right, Thomas? What are some of the good things that that's are happening? That's right. And I want to read a verse out of Ezekiel that's given me a lot of comfort during this time. It's Ezekiel 38, starting in verse 23, because we know that this war is much bigger than Israel and Hamas. There's there's kingdom implications that a lot of times are overlooked. And of course, watching the secular news, you would never hear that. But listen to this. this listen to where this is all headed. And so I will show, God saying this through Ezekiel, and so I will show my greatness and my holiness, and I will make myself known in all the mm -hmm. sight of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. And just like God called Israel to be a light to the nations, he's called us as believers to be salt and light. Mm. And this is much bigger than a regional war happening in, in Israel, even though that has a lot of global impl implications and we look like we're headed to World War III. It's bigger. It's more than what's happening on the ground it's spiritual, right, Joanne? That's right. Absolutely. This is, you know, a lot of people that you'll talk with may say, I don't want to get involved in this. This is a political situation. Well, yes, it's playing out in many political ways, but it's what really, like you just said, it is a spiritual battle. And as scripture says, we do not wage war as the world does. Right. We are fighting powers and principalities, and that's what we see at work. And there's evidence around uh, evidence of that all around the world right. when we see not just the protesting against Israel, but the violence and the hatred that is just spewing from people's mouths. Yeah. And you know, Joanne, it seems like Israel received about a half a day of grace. And after that, 
the onslaught so of negative publicity and anger. And this is the Jewish people's fault. And this is Israel and their colonizers mm-hmm. and on and on and on. Apartheid, all those words that were branded to be thrown at Israel. But when you look at this, this is a uh, highly demonic, just this response. It seemed like the 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 worst things God, as far as what was being revealed, um, I mean, it's just mm. horrific to think of a baby in an oven uh. or decapitations, things like that. Mm. But as this came out, the enemy, the uh, evil angels of Satan uh, were inspiring people to just come out and just say it. And they weren't hiding anything whatsoever. They weren't hiding anything. Nobody was talking about a two-state solution. No, they were saying all. death to the Jews. We're seeing that on college campuses. We're seeing that globally from the river to the sea, which is a a chant and a song that they sing to talk about that they want the the Jews eradicated. And shockingly, professors at major Mm -hmm. universities were saying these things with no shame. That's right. With with no fear of getting fired or Mm -hmm. causing problems. It it was just shocking (laughs) to see. So the enemy himself unlocked something in the supernatural. For sure. And all of this evil just came out of the ground, just bubbled up to the top. No longer hidden. You know, I'm glad that you mentioned um, that horrible chant that says from the river to the sea, because I think a lot of people say that and they don't even really know what that means, especially if they've never been to Israel. So, Tom, could you explain just briefly what that means? Yeah, really what it means is that they want from the river, the Jordan River to the sea, the Mediterranean Sea, for it to be free from all Mm -hmm. Jews. So, People talk about, we want a two-state solution for the Palestinians. This is a one-state solution. This is this is the final solution, really, mm-hmm. actually, mm-hmm. again, where they're just saying, we want them all gone, with death to the Jews, the small sliver of land, they can't even have that, we want them gone, and just proclaiming that unashamedly to people around the world. Right. Um, we even have some people in Congress in America yes. that are Same claiming this thing. and then trying to cover it up. Like it's not exactly that bad. Mm. It is bad. But you know what? What we've seen, Joanne, is is that spiritual, that physical war on the ground is a reflection of the spiritual war raging in the heavenlies. And one of the ways we see it is when Muslims and their hearts are changed, when they are not only saved, but transformed Mm -hmm. into the image of Christ. And the one I think of immediately in Gaza right away is Mohammed and Mohammed and his wife, Ikram. Precious yeah, couple. Yeah. And we wrote about them in women who risk secret agents for Jesus in the Muslim world. And, and of course we uh, did get used cover names, not for Mohammed. Cause you know, that's right. that's, half of the Muslim world is named Mohammed. That's, so that's a safe name. We don't have to really change that, but we did change the name of his wife, but right. yeah, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about, um, yeah. About so Ikram told us that she was married to Mohammed and he had never given her a, a present on her birthday anniversary or even on their wedding day. He didn't just treat her well, just didn't treat her all. well whatsoever. And, and, and of course she was wanting him to embrace Christ like she had. And so she asked, as we wrote this book, would you pray for him? Would you pray for my husband to come to faith in Christ? I'm telling you, there's something special, Joanne, when prayers from the nations come oh together. Gosh. There were people praying around the world. Yes. 
And because we, were, we did, excuse me, we did put that in the book. Will you pray for Mohammed's salvation? And so we know as people were reading the pages of Women right. Who Risk, so many people around the world were praying for her because this book has been translated into several different languages. Yeah. So, yeah. And a lot of times we say, would you pray for this person? And people go, okay, yeah, I will. And then they forget. We always try to say, would you stop, <laughs> stop right and now pray. and yeah. pray? That's one prayer right there. And so anyway, she called one night. We were in mm -hmm. Indiana going to speak at a church. And Muhammad was ready to receive Christ. And the Lord had touched his heart in such a powerful way. He was already weeping on the phone mm -hmm. before he gave his life to Jesus. And I mean, from that day, his life changed. He got discipled by a good Palestinian believer That's in the West right. Bank. He started growing. He started reading the Bible. He started changing. He lived an incredible life that was shocking to many people. Some Some of the Bible texts he was sending out with insight. And yeah. and we, we've said it before, but I remember saying to him once on a text, uh, Muhammad, you are so deep in the Lord. I mean, your 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 understanding of scripture and your love for, for Jesus is just off the charts. And do you remember what he said, Joanne? He said, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm with my four best friends every day. And I thought, oh my gosh, is he led, led four others to Christ? And he he said, my four best friends. I said, who are they? And he said, Matthew, Mark, Luke, mm -hmm. and John. And he said, I'm in the word, Tom. I'm studying. And boy, he was, and he is, and he's been a light shining in the darkness yes, in this war. He has. And I honestly think that the reason God gave him such a hunger and a love for his word is that he knew that Muhammad was going to be a light to all of Gaza Strip during this war. Because at that point, you said, as you just said, you were wondering, you know, has he led others to faith in Christ? You know, the beautiful thing is during this war, he has led many people to faith in Christ. So he has been inspiration to people on the Gaza Strip. But also, Tom has been forwarding his text to some of our Israeli friends, some of our soldier friends mm. that are fighting on the other side, saying, Mohammed in Gaza, a fellow brother in Christ, yeah. is praying for you. And he agrees. Get rid of Hamas. And yes, this land does belong to Israel. And, you know, we are your cousins and we're your brothers in Christ, but we've been grafted in. And you, Jewish friends are the chosen people. He sees that. He's got the theology right. And half the body of Christ doesn't even have that right. Yeah. And I and I was sharing that with uh, a reserve in the IDF. He's in the West Bank area. And uh, I just shared Mohammed's latest text about how he's praying for Jewish believers. And this this friend said, you don't know how much hope that gives us. Mm -hmm. We we can we can get caught up in the news like everybody else. There's nobody there that understands us, that cares about us. But we know that there's 20 to 30 Muslim background believers, Joanne, that we're associated with in Gaza that love the Lord, don't hate Israel. They mm -hmm. want the best for their people. Hey, Tom, would you share that story um, with our friends about the Palestinian church that was going uh, on in yes. Gaza and the Israeli soldier. This happened not not during this war. This happened, gosh, several years ago. But this is just an indicator of how God has been working all this time. And we know he's continuing to work today, right. even though we're maybe just starting to hear some of these miracle stories. God is working in the midst of the ugly. Yeah. So years ago, uh, there was a pastor of the Baptist church and he was getting ready to preach. And oh, one of the people in the congregation ran up to him and said, uh, you won't believe this, but there's an Israeli soldier, IDF, standing outside the door of the church. And he said, really? Well, what had happened is there was uh, a killing in Israel. And so 
uh, it was a soldier actually. And so Israeli troops came in and they were looking for that person. Well, there was a, a soldier, he's a Jewish believer, and he heard the Palestinian believers worshiping on Sunday and he stopped and it struck him. And he, of course, knows Hebrew being Jewish, but he knew Arabic too. Mm -hmm. And he knew the words and he heard the sound and he just stopped in his tracks and he was actually singing with them outside. They're singing mm -hmm. in Arabic. He knows the translation in Hebrew and he was singing and the pastor came out and said, can I help you? And he said, this worship touched my heart. And he said to the Jewish soldier, would you like to come in and worship with us? Can you imagine mm -hmm. that? Can you imagine the trouble that would have caused? But here's a brother in Christ. And he invited him into that Palestinian church to worship. And he said, mm -hmm. I think this would cause problems for you. And, uh, and I know it would cause problems for me. So as much as I would love to join brothers and sisters in Christ and worship Jesus together, I better say no at this point. But he shook his hand and he said, one day, brother, we'll be singing together in the new Jerusalem. And I look forward to that. Amen. And you know, when I hear that story, don't you wish that was on yeah. CNN or Fox right. or any of the news stations that that's the mm -hmm. answer right there. The United Nations can't pull this off. A truce can't pull this off. What can deal with the hatred mm -hmm. that can be between two groups? Really, the only thing we've seen is Jesus right. can, can get of rid peace. of those strongholds and pull those away. And mm -hmm. Palestinian and Jewish brothers in Christ can really have sweet fellowship. That's right. And that is, as it says in Psalm 122, to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's how it happens. That's Jesus, right. the Prince of Peace, brings peace in the life of a Jewish person, peace in the life of a Palestinian person, and together in Jesus, they find That's peace right. as brothers in Christ. Well, you know, so we're seeing great things happen. You know, you heard a little bit about what's happening in Gaza. God is moving in the hearts. In fact, we've been hearing about so many Muslim men that are having dreams about right. Jesus right now during the war. Certainly yeah. women are as well. But beautiful things are happening on the other side of the fence in Israel, too. A lot of miracles. In fact, I was watching One for Israel. We love that ministry. Great ministry. And, um, they interviewed two Jewish folks that were living in one of the, the kibbutzim right there on the border. Not believers yet, not, not messianic, though One for Israel is a messianic ministry. And they were sharing their story, how both of them miraculously were not um, attacked. And even though the terrorists were throughout their, their kibbutz, both of them were completely safe. And they each shared their story, how mm -hmm. miraculously God spared them. And then I love, I read a story that just touched my heart so deeply. And it was um, a young Messianic Jewish man that was called up from the reserves to fight those early days when the war first broke out. And he said, you know, when our reserve units come together, typically we get all of our weapons and, you know, we fire them and, you know, they misfire, they don't work. And he said, we have to send them to the armory and get them, you know, cleaned and rebuilt or what have you. But he said, when we were gathered together on October 7th, we had no time to do that. We literally went straight, you know, to that area um, right outside of the Gaza Strip right. and went straight into action for three solid days. He said, we barely slept, hardly ate anything. We were just you know, fighting the whole time. And he said, from the first time I shot my weapon, every single time it hit the mark of whatever I was, whatever I was aiming at. Um, and he said the same thing with everyone in his unit. Mm. After three days of intense fighting, God protecting and shielding them, 
they were able to get away for a little bit of rest. They took their weapons apart, of course, to clean them and to, you know, get them all ready for when they had to return back into the fray of things. But they said each one of them in their units, when they went to then fire their guns, practicing, every single one of them misfired or they wouldn't fire at all. And he said, I realized mm -hmm. God was protecting me. And this gentleman who shared a story, from what I gather in the article, didn't have a very close walk with the Lord, but this is what really mm -hmm. drew him deep into his relationship with Jesus. So, you know, God is moving. And so we have to know, you know, my heart, Tom's heart, perhaps yours as well, is, is just broken over the hostages. And yeah. we have mm -hmm. to believe that God is working among them as well. All of those stories are not making it out yet. We do know, sadly, that some of them have already lost their lives. Yeah. But when we step on the other side of this life into heaven, I know we're going to hear how Jesus has been revealing himself to those hostages That's before right. they took their final breath or is working in their life even now. In fact, I've been praying that some of those hostages are messianic and they are sharing the good oh, news of yes. Jesus to the other hostages. And probably one of the worst situations you could ever imagine to share the gospel. But the answer and the solution, Always well, does. one of the things we're seeing with soldiers that's exciting is they are praying more many of them that were mm -hmm. that were not religious they are reading scripture in fact joanne we're gonna have to share psalm 118 yes, 25 yes. if you can look that up and then they're asking about prophecy and one of the jewish believers on the front line said this listen the rabbis do not share about the future they don't share prophecy they do talk about messiah coming of course they don't believe he's come already they believe it would be for the first time but they're wondering, they're hearing things, and, mm -hmm. and Jewish soldiers are asking Jewish believer soldiers, messianics, uh, is this Gog and Magog? Are, are we headed for Armageddon? They're wanting security. They're wanting answers. And even though the Orthodox in many ways has despised messianic believers, some of the Orthodox Jews are asking messianic mm -hmm. believers for help yeah, with right. understanding all of this. Praise God. What's the verse that they're reading before they go into battle? Mm, yes, I've seen this in several places. They are reading Psalm 118, many of them. Psalm 118, verse 25, which says, Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Mm -hmm. And they pray, then they're going, of course, out to battle. And as I was reading this, and I was so encouraged as they're praying before, you know, seeking God, that's what he's wanting him to them to do during this time is to come back to faith in him. Um but as I was reading in the Gospels, I realized that Jesus quotes from Psalm 118 right. many times. In fact, the following verse, verse 26, says, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, we bless you from the house to the Lord. And he goes on to say, The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine upon you. And Jesus um, quotes this verse. One time he quotes it when um, he is weeping over Jerusalem, and he says, I want to gather you as a mother gathers her chicks. He quotes from one, Psalm 118. And then again, he tells um, he tells his followers and basically he's telling the Pharisees, right, that same, you know, last mm -hmm. week before he goes to the cross, he says, and he quotes Psalm 118, you will not, re you will not recite this verse again yeah. until you see me coming in the name of the Lord. Meaning, not this life, but when I come back, when I return, you won't see me again until I return. I didn't quote that well. But anyway, um, I love that Jesus is quoting this very same passage That's in right. the Gospels. That shows you how powerful 
and how um, divine it is that this would be the scripture, the psalm that soldiers are praying from right now. Mm. Well, you know, Joanne, something we've been burdened about since I served as a pastor for almost 20 years is what's the response of the church? What do we do as believers? And I think, first of all, we need to pray for mm-hmm. pastors and spiritual leaders of ministry organizations that they will stand up and make clear statements to affirm uh, Israel. And I, mm-hmm. I think what happens is we're in a day where once you say something, you're you're pigeonholed into a, a group. You're You're branded. It's like you have a brand and you can't get out of it. And so I think people assume that if you love Israel, that you hate the Palestinians. Well, that's what the world does. That's mm-hmm. not inherent in the church. And so what we have done ever since we started in ministry in the Middle East is we love Israel. We believe they have a right to the land. They're God's chosen people. They're God's chosen people. But we love the Palestinians too. And so when we launched into ministry, there were actually people in ministry saying, you can't work with both. Right. You have, we have to, to work with one side. group. You have to choose a side. And we said, yeah, but that's what the world does. <laughs> we believe God's yeah. heart is big enough to love them both. And just because we love Israel and want them to flourish as a country doesn't mean that we have anything against the Palestinians. In fact, we know that's the best thing for them because when they're able to go in and work in Israel, whether they come from the West Bank or Gaza, they're paid four times as much. Mm-hmm. They're treated well. Uh, it's a blessing for them. In fact, how many people from Gaza were talking to us right before the war saying, I wish I could get a job in Israel. Right. I want to go work in Israel. They know they're going to be treated fair. So it's completely consistent with the heart of God to love Israel and to love the Palestinians too. Now, but we're where against the terrorism. line <laughs> is, is terrorism. Yes, exactly. And of course, we don't su- support Hamas. And I mm-hmm. remember we used to say there's 11 terrorist groups in Gaza. Mm-hmm. There's probably 20 now, mm-hmm. but because there's so many new ones. Right. But obviously, we're not supporting that. Mm-hmm. As people creating the image of God, we want the best for them. Many Palestinians are struggling right mm-hmm. now. In fact, Mohammed and Ikram are hiding in a school. Yeah. They know that if they leave and try to go south, Hamas will shoot them and kill them and their four children. So how heartbreaking is that? That wouldn't happen if Israel is controlling that area. So our heart is to love Israel. Uh, We believe we are Mm -hmm. pro-Israel, but we love the Palestinians. And uh, our heart goes out to them. They're in a mess. And they would give anything if they could have better leadership And that's what this war is all about, Mm -hmm. getting rid of Hamas, and may it be. And and so we do encourage you, use your voice, stand up for Israel. After all, 80% of our Bible talks about Israel. Jesus is Jewish. We, as followers of Christ, have been grafted into the Jewish faith. So how can we ever turn our back on Israel? How can we ever turn our back on the Jewish people? As followers of Christ, we need, we must stand with Israel. And so we want to encourage you, use your voice, put a flag out in your yard, talk to your pastor, or you know, if you're involved in ministry, your ministry leaders, and encourage them also to make a stand for Israel mm. and specifically to pray for them. So as we wrap up today, we want to just share with you some practical ways that we can pray because I've, I've talked to many people, you have to, um, I know Tom, and they say, I just don't know how to pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm praying God bless Israel and God stop the war and very, you know, general prayers, but what are some specific ways that we can be praying? Mm, and you know what I think also we have to make sure 
that as we communicate, like like having a flag out, people might say, does that mean you hate mm-hmm. the Palestinians? Mm-hmm. No, we love them. We work with them. Oh my gosh, there are some of our best friends in the Middle East and we're heartbroken for them. So one of the reasons we support Israel is because we know it will be way better for them rather than having the terrorist mm-hmm, rule. Absolutely. And so by putting out a flag, it's showing that you love Israel and you care about what happens to the Palestinians absolutely. too, because we've seen their own leadership does not, does not care, for, care them. for them. In fact, we have a flag um, in our yard and it's been amazing to see how many of our neighbors have come up and chatted with us and asked us. In fact, it was so sweet. We had someone help us hang Christmas lights out and they said, are you guys Jewish? And we said, no, we've been grafted in and we were able to explain our faith. You know, we are followers of Christ. We explained that, but it opened up a beautiful conversation. And these sweet folks said, okay, we agree. We are also standing with Israel and we are also praying for those in innocent people that are caught in the tri- in the crossfires, the Palestinians, but we too are against terrorism. So That's it right. brought about not only a great conversation, but a deeper understanding in someone's life, like three or four people that we were talking to that didn't quite understand the whole situation. So if you decide to put a flag in your yard, you just may never know how you can um, spur your neighborhood on to stand on truth. So we want to say, don't take the political view of Israel, take the spiritual view of Israel. Understand that God has a program, has a promise for them, and what he starts, he finishes. So he's not done with Israel. The promises have not expired Mm -hmm. to them, and they have a chance more than anyone to really bless Palestinians and which they've been doing that. That's right. So a lot of things that we can pray. Number one, we pray that there won't be more loss of life. We're praying Mm -hmm. for both sides. We know it's horrific. We just heard that um, some Messianic believers in Gaza were killed. We also heard, sadly, that some of the Gaza Christians were Mm -hmm. killed. And um, Mm -hmm. it's been awful for those in the church to realize that this is what happened. We don't have all the details on what happened, why they were killed. But uh, pray that there wouldn't be Uh, an enormous loss of life. Mm -hmm. There already is way too many. What else should we do, Joanne? Yeah, and I I think that too, praying that God will use this to draw souls to himself on both sides of the border, um, that Jews will find and embrace Jesus as Messiah, and that the Palestinians will come to know Jesus as as the son of God, not just Isa the prophet, but the son of God, that both will come to know Jesus as Savior. So that would be, to me, that's the most important prayer is finding eternal salvation in Jesus alone. That's Mm -hmm. the biggest prayer to pray. And then also praying, of course, for the safe release of the hostages. We're hearing that Mm -hmm. several have already lost their lives. They found some of their bodies. And so that is horrible, but praying that they will soon be released and safely. And then when they are released, even now, while they're still in captivity, praying for their emotional, spiritual um, health, you know, the trauma that they are enduring right now, we can't even fathom. Mm. So how they're, when they are released, how are they going to deal with the trauma of this horrific event? Truly only Christ can heal those wounds. So So even begin now that God will begin healing those wounds and of course, revealing himself to them while they're in captivity. We heard the story of a doctor that went to one of our teammates in Israel, um, Jewish believer, and she was called in to do autopsies. There were so many bodies, they mm-hmm. couldn't identify them. And she went in and she said, I've done surgeries. I've been in trauma care units. I've seen things that were horrible. I, I thought nothing could bother me. Nothing could frighten me. But she said, after seeing what were done, what was done 
to the victims and realizing that through our forensic tests, she said, as, as not a believer, she said, I don't know how I can continue to live. And that is telling. That's heartbreaking. That's someone that has experience in that area. And also we've heard that some of the survivors that got Mm -hmm. away from Hamas or were Mm -hmm. at the party on October 7th and managed to escape, some of them already have taken their lives. It was just too much for them to process. So we need to pray for, and and we remember this, Joanne, before this war, it was estimated that 30% of all Israelis were um, traumatically impaired by just living there mm-hmm. with all the threats and hearing about Iran's going to talk and, and the rockets attack them and the rockets coming. Imagine what that is oh now. So we need to pray for them. We also need to um, uh, get the word out that this is the most important thing you can do. It's not to get on social media and make comments and pick mm-hmm. fights with people you've never met. <laughs> just right. get, get in a prayer group and pray. Mm-hmm. We can all agree on that, that Jews need to be prayed prayed for, Palestinians need to be prayed for. That is the need of the moment. And And the terrorists, excuse me, need to be prayed for. Remember Saul or Paul was Saul before he was Paul, right? And he was a terrorist. Um, So we need to pray for for them as well. Number one, for their salvation, but also that God would stop them in their tracks, that they would fall on their faces and repent for the evil that they are doing. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, I was going to say, we also, let's not forget to pray for our leaders, you know, Netanyahu, all of the commanders and the, you know, this, all of the people that are making decisions in this war, we need to pray that they will have not just their own smart ingenuity guiding them, but truly the divine wisdom that comes from God himself. Mm. And pray for our leaders. I mean, it breaks my heart when I see our own country is slowly turning away from supporting Israel. That We just don't want that. So pray for worldwide leaders that they would see truth for what it is. And this, as we said in the very beginning, this is not just a political battle. This is a spiritual battle playing out in the political realm. But this is a spiritual battle. And it really is only one on our knees. Mm, And we know, we say this at Uncharted, every soul matters. Mm -hmm. And we know that one life can have a domino effect and, and affect many people, families, a whole community. Look at Mohammed in the Gaza Strip. Right. And so we pray one day that the Gaza Strip will not be known mm-hmm. for terrorism, but for a vibrant, Christ-loving church. Right. Maybe they came from a Christian background. Maybe they didn't, and they were Muslim. But wouldn't that be an amazing thing? That's something that the world could understand. This is true transformation. It didn't come politically. It only came spiritually through Christ. That's so amazing. we pray for that. May that be. Anything else, Joanne? I think we've gone on long enough. We probably should close in prayer. There's so much that we could still share, but we'll have another podcast maybe to do that again in the future. But in the meantime, thank you for tuning in today. And as we close in prayer, may your prayers go on even after we say goodbye to you today, because this is the time that we as the body of Christ need to come together in unity, standing with Israel, standing with those innocent ones that are suffering on both sides. We cannot... Just think about this. We really need to spend time in prayer, asking God to move on our behalf. And remember, you can tell your friends, you can love Israel and love the Palestinians too. There's room in God's heart to love them both. Mm. And that's what we're hoping the body of Christ can embrace and not take these political divisions and let them define us. We're above that. We're in the kingdom of God. We're not supposed to be caught up in politics. We're not supposed to go there. 
yes, we love our country. We want to see it turn around. But yet the kingdom of God is paramount. The gospel is advancing through the nations. Mm -hmm. Bible translations are getting done. These are great days to serve Christ in. And we pray that the body of Christ would come together in common cause to reach the world with the gospel. And what better place for that to happen than in Israel, where it all started. Right, Joanne? That's right. How about let's close in prayer? Okay, you pray. Okay. Oh, Father, um, we thank you that you are on the throne and in control. And even though it feels like the world is spinning out of control from our perspective, we know that you have Mm. things firmly in your loving and merciful hands. So, Jesus, we pray for our beloved Israel. and all those things that we just mentioned, the ways to pray. Oh, Lord, we pray for our hostages, our dear, many of them brothers and sisters in Christ, innocent babies, all the newborn baby even yeah. in their midst, all the way up to the elderly. Father, you know each one by name. Mm-hmm. You know everything about them. You know what they're struggling with, what they're battling right now. And we pray for their safety. We pray that you would surround them with your presence, that they would feel you tangibly about them, that you are revealing yourself to them in spirit and in truth. And as they call out into onto you, call out to you and you respond that they would hear your voice, that they would feel your presence and know that you are working. And we pray for those that are holding them captive, that somehow that you would give them mercy Mm. and that um, they would not cause them any more harm than they already have endured. Jesus, we pray for their swift release. Even today, we pray that they would be discovered and found and rescued. And then, Father, we pray for um, we pray for the leaders Netanyahu and all of those that are making decisions, both mm-hmm. on the ground, in the air, on the sea. Mm-hmm. Father, may they seek you, not just their own wisdom, but your wisdom, your divine wisdom. Show them what to do. Show them the next steps to take to preserve as many lives as they can for the terrorists. Oh, Jesus, you know that our flesh wants to say, get rid of all of them. But then you tell us in your word to pray for our enemies, and they would indeed be the enemy in this. So first of all, we pray for their eternal souls, that they would turn to you. But if you know that they are not going to turn to you, Father, then we pray that you would either remove them from power or that you would take them out so that they would cause no um, more harm, that they wouldn't kill any more innocent lives. So have your way in their lives, Jesus. And then, Father, we pray for um, the soldiers who are putting their life on the line and for their families that are without dads, without husbands, without sons as they're battling. Would you shield and protect them um, from harm? We pray there's no more loss of innocent lives. And for those in the Gaza Strip, Father, that the Palestinians, Mm -hmm. that they don't want this war. They want Hamas gone too. They want new leadership. (laughs) They want new leadership. Jesus, would you protect them? Make them, uh, specifically, we pray for Mohammed and Ikram and their families and their close friends that love you, Jesus. Would you continue to protect them, but also give them a, a way of escape, help them to get out um, and to live a life where they can raise their children in a healthy and safe environment. Jesus, you know our hearts, and we thank you that you live to intercede for us, and so we join you in how you are praying. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you groan when we don't know how to pray, so we join you in groaning before the Father. And we thank you for the unity in Christ that we have, that we have already seen Muslim and Jew come to Mm. faith in Jesus and as brothers in Christ worship you and have reconciliation and friendship. So we pray that that would spread throughout Israel and throughout the Middle East. Jesus, we love you. Open our eyes and may we take a stand and take a stand in love to share the good news of Jesus Christ with everyone that we meet. We pray, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Tom and Joanne Doyle, Uncharted Ministries podcast. Thanks for joining us. 
and uh, happy Thanksgiving. Right. God bless Take you. some time to go around the table and tell the Lord what you're thankful for. Let's just make it a spiritual act of worship, not just watching a football game and eating a bunch of food, right. but take time to worship the Lord. Thank him for what he's done in your life. Amen. Bye now. Bye. Bye.